1174, Italian builders, headed up by architect Bonanno Pisano, began the work on this beautiful eight-story tower in the city of Pisa. You can see where I'm going with this. As soon as they started the work, they realized that they had a little problem on their hands. The ground upon which the tower was being built was actually too soft. And it didn't take long as they were going up and building, the tower began to tilt more and more. And it continued tilting until nowadays. Maybe some of you have had a chance to actually visit Pisa and see that tilting tower. And it, while it's a beautiful building and it lasted a, a, a long time, it's still tilting and it has to be supported. And if anybody ever goes, they usually tend to take a picture leaning on the tower, looking like they're supporting the tower. And all it's remembered for is the fact that it is tilting, all due to not having the right foundation. I'm sure that in life, we've all had some projects go wrong. I'm sure every single one of us has been involved in a DIY project. Or maybe we've started doing a recipe, uh, cooking or baking. Maybe we've tried to repair the car and it just goes wrong. We've all been in that situation. It looks good at a start, it seems promising, but it ends up being a real mess. There's been a meme that was traveling uh, in on the internet over the last few years, very often looking at cake recipes and cake decorations, just uh, looking at different, uh, really, masterpieces that were amazing and then people were trying to replicate them and the replicas were looking absolutely shocking, but they were actually that bad, they were good. It happens in life. We start something we think is going to be good and it ends up being a real mess. And it can happen not just when we do DIY or when we try to cook. It can happen with careers. It can happen with relationships. We start a new job. It looks like a dream job and it ends up being something of a nightmare. We enter into a relationship. It's promising to deliver all the things that we've been looking for and it ends up being a betrayal and a disappointment. And we've all been in some measure there, feeling the disappointment of something that doesn't work out in the right way. We're back looking at one of Jesus's parables. And as I said in the previous weeks, if you've been traveling with us, uh, tracking, looking at different parables, the parables are spiritual stories that Jesus tells. They're fairly simple, but they're very subversive. They usually come and hit you with an important spiritual truth meant to challenge you and ultimately meant you to reassess where you are spiritually and respond accordingly. And this particular parable is a very short and very simple one, but probably fairly well known, particularly if you've been somebody who's been around Sunday school or church, you might have come across it because it's incredibly memorable. But it's actually, if you want Jesus's mic drop, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, which is the condensed teaching of Jesus pulled together in the Gospel of Matthew, and right at the very end, it's almost as if this is the mic drop, this is the punchline, this is what he ends his great Sermon on the Mount on. And it's a very important reminder about an amazing truth with regards to how we build 
our lives. Now, the interesting thing is that very often in parables, Jesus does compare things and contrast things. And this is what he's doing very well in this situation. So let me read to you what Jesus is saying in Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. What you see in the parable, in the subversive, simple, spiritual story that Jesus tells is some striking similarities. You see two builders and they both build a house. And in many ways, really, there's a leveler here. They're both engaged in the same project. They're trying to build a house, probably build a house for their family. They're very commendable. They, they, they've probably put a lot of thought and saved a lot of money and put all measures in place. And they are hardworking people because they're building a house. And any of you who've been involved in any DIY project, you know that this is hard. So therefore, they are commendable for this. And they're both in the same situation. Both of them are commendable for looking after their family. They're, they're, they're hard workers. They, they have this thoughtfulness about providing a dwelling place for their family. And they are hardworking about it. And you look at both of them and you say, you want to clap because they deserve it. They're both very commendable because they're both building a house. And the other thing that's very similar, as a striking similarity, is that they both face a storm. The storm comes in the parable of Jesus upon the one that built one type of house and upon the one that builds the other type of house. They both have to face the reality of the storm. So there's a leveler right at the very beginning of the story. You have got two different people, but they do the same thing. They build a house. They're commendable about it. They're hardworking. They seem to be very interested about caring for their family. And also the leveler, they both face a storm. It's not uh, a discrimination here. It's not as if one faces a storm and the other doesn't. They both have to face the storm. So we start the story with a real leveler. You've got two people in the same situation, building a house and facing a storm. But there's a twist in Jesus' story because it isn't just a striking similarity, but it's also a stark contrast between the two. We've got a similarity, but we've got some contrast going on. And the one significant contrast between the two, the thing that sets them apart is the way they choose their foundation. You have one of them who builds his house on the sand and one of them who builds his house on the rock. It's all about the texture or the solidity of the foundation upon which they are building their house. And they make a choice. I can imagine that the one that builds his house on the sand was probably thinking, do you know what? It's going to be less work, less hours, less sweat, less tears, because it's a lot easier 
to use that softer structure in order to build the house. I can imagine that the one that built this house on the rock was probably thinking, oh, this is going to be hard. Trying to drill, trying to anchor things, trying to make sure that the foundation is deep and it will be solid. Certainly more headaches, more tears, more sweat. And I can imagine that if they were living side by side or nearby, they would have different impressions. The one that is building his house on the rock would very often look across to the one that is building his house on sand and would think to himself, oh my word, that is just going up so quick. It is so, so quick. And then he was looking at his project thinking, wow, I look like I'm so behind on this subject. And he was probably disappointed. He was probably thinking, oh, should I have made that choice? And you can imagine that the family would have probably said, Dad, when is this going to finish? When are we going to get done with it? His wife was probably living in a caravan. I don't think they had caravans in those times, but she was probably living in a caravan together with the rest of the family saying, look, you know, I'm sick and tired of being in here. Look at our neighbours over across the field. They're building their house on Saturday, nearly done. Her kitchen's already in and we're just barely having some wars going up. Possible frustration and disappointment. While the one who was building on sand was probably boasting, thinking, do you know, I'm going to get done. It's going to be easy. And I'm just going to sit outside and really look across and think, wow, haven't I done great? We've been so quick. We've done it so well. It looks absolutely fabulous. And I'm guessing that probably the one building on sand was probably closer to the beach. So he would have a view that he would love to enjoy. One significant difference the foundation upon which they built the one harder to work on taking longer more sweat more tears more difficulties the other one easier quicker just a pleasure to work it's almost as if the one is building his house on the sand had a shortcut had a hack through which he was able to finish quicker and the work being done easier. But you see, you would know this as much as I do. You don't need a degree in philosophy to know this, but our choices have consequences. And the foundation upon which this house is being built, both are building, both face a storm, one major difference, the foundation. And because of the choices they have made, there are consequences and the result of the storm is very different. One ends up going down with a big crash and the other one stays solid. Both building, both commendable, both make a choice. And as a result of the choice, the consequences are different. Now, why is Jesus telling us this story, this simple, spiritual, subversive story? He's telling us because he wants to get a, a, a deep truth across to us. He wants to give us a warning. And very often in the scriptures, the warnings are not there to make us feel bad about ourselves 
or to try to get us down or to tell us off. No, they're, they're, they're there for our benefit in order to enable us to avoid making mistakes. And there is that strong warning that comes. And it's almost as if Jesus is saying through this parable, the storms of life, which we will all face, we have faced them, a lot of us, and we are facing them possibly right now as humanity, and we will still be facing storms of life in the future. They will reveal how strong our foundation is in life. And just as much as the storm that came upon those two houses revealed how strong the foundation upon which they were built was, it will be the same in our lives. And Jesus is trying to say, I want to help you avoid making a mistake. You see, the ones who built a house on the sand made a mistake. It was soft, but and it was possibly shallow. The one that built on the rock had a foundation that was very likely a lot deeper and a lot stronger. And spiritually speaking, and here's where the truth, the spiritual truth is kicking in. The same is true for our spiritual life. We all lay a foundation on our spiritual life and it all depends how strong that spiritual foundation is. We will all face those storms in life, but we will have different consequences. Jesus is saying, if you, spiritually speaking, build your house on sand, on a shallow and soft foundation, it's likely that you will crash. If you build your house on the rock, it's likely that it will survive the storm that is likely to come your way. See, Jesus is saying in the explanation, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a man, a wise man who built his house on the rock. So the ingredients of having a strong foundation is hearing the words of Jesus and doing the words of Jesus. It's about the attention that we have to the words of Jesus and about the actions that follow the hearing of the words of Jesus. Now, there are dangers in this. And Jesus is saying, all those who hear these words of mine, if you were to underline, you could underline the words mine written with capital M. That's the words of Jesus. In life, we, can, we, we all listen to people. And, and most of the time we listen to ourselves and our agendas and our dreams and wishes. And we, we, we're applying our own wisdom or we listen to the voices of other people around us. And most of the time people are driven by those two powerful forces. Either you're so strong-willed and you know what you want in life. You know what you want to do. You want what you're aiming for and there's no turning off. You're just so focused. Or other people are just like meandering all the time. It's like, who's saying that? What's their, what, what's their idea? What are they saying? What should I be doing? And they're just drifting in different directions. But Jesus is saying, avoid those temptations. Whoever listens to these words of mine. It's so important to have that focus in order to have a strong foundation. It's listening to the words of Jesus, not my ideas, not the ideas of those around me, but actually what is Jesus saying? That's what makes it a strong foundation. And then it's that combination of hearing the words of Jesus and doing the words of Jesus. 
And that's the real challenge that would help us to actually build a strong foundation and building upon the rock. The danger is to either listen to other people's voices or my own voice and discrediting the voice of Jesus. And that will not build a strong spiritual foundation in our lives. Or the other danger is that we would hear the words of Jesus, but not apply them. Jesus is saying you need both those things to hear them and to live them out in your own life. And this is why this morning is a fantastic opportunity to ask ourselves the question, what kind of a foundation do I have in my life? Whose voice am I listening to? What kind of a person am I? Am I a person that builds their life on sand? Is it soft and shallow? Or do I build my life on the rock? Is it deep and strong? I want to build my life on the rock and therefore I need to listen to the words of Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit to give me the strength to actually live out those words and not just be somebody who's a hearer, but in the words of James in the Bible, be a doer as well. Not just a hearer, but a doer as well. And that's what would make it a very strong foundation. And, you know, this is what we do at CFM. We want to provide an environment that will enable you to lay a strong foundation. That's why we believe in doing what I'm doing right now. We preach and teach God's word because we really believe that by hearing the words of Jesus, this will enable us to actually live the life of Jesus for, for all those around us. And that's what makes us living a life that is strong, that is built on the rock. Also, the thing that is really important is not just to be able to hear those messages that we're putting right now on YouTube or on a normal Sunday when we're able to get together. We come together and listen to it when we gather at the high school. But also what is really important is a sense of being in community with other people where we're able to actually encourage one another, not just to hear the word, but to live out the word. And this is where small groups come in. This is where Zooms come in. And this is what I want to encourage you in this time is in order to continue to build a strong foundation in your life. Why not commit yourself to be in an environment where both hearing the words of Jesus and doing the words of Jesus comes as a great help for you to build that strong foundation of building your house on the rock. And very simply, I want to encourage you to tune in every week. Sometimes we have two messages a Sunday. Other times it's just one message a Sunday. Just look at the messages, listen to the messages and try to hear what the Spirit is saying to you as part of this community right here, right now. What is Jesus saying to us? But the other thing that I want to encourage you is in this time, because we can't gather physically, come on a Zoom on a Sunday night or on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night that's a whole church Zoom, because that's such an important part of being together and being in that environment. Join a small group. Our small groups often discuss how can we apply the teaching that we have from God's word. And that's a fantastic environment to make sure that we don't just hear the word, but we actually encourage one another to do the word. Those kind of environments are helpful to us to build that sense of strength and resilience that our lives can withstand the challenges that the storms of life can often bring. We must avoid the danger 
of just simply accumulating information without being transformed. Ezekiel writes in Ezekiel 33 from verse 30 onwards, and it's a kind of rebuke. As for you, son of man, your people are talking together about you by the walls and at the doors of their houses, saying to each other, come and hear the message that has come from the Lord. My people come to you as they usually do and sit before you to hear the words, but they do not put them into practice. Their mouth speak of love, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. Indeed, to them, you are nothing more than one who sings love songs with a beautiful voice and plays an instrument well, for they hear your words, but they do not put them into practice. When all this comes true, and it surely will, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. The challenge that a prophet had in that situation was that people were coming, they were enjoying the messages, and they were treating it as a performance, and then they would go away having clapped at the end, but unchanged. Let's pray that we wouldn't be like that, but we would allow the word of God, the words of Jesus, to come. We hear them, but we also want to do them as the Holy Spirit enables us. And in that way, we will be able to experience what the psalmist is saying in Psalm 18 verse 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. The Lord is my rock in whom I take refuge. As we hear the words of God, our hearts are strengthened. And that sense of stability and solidity is built up in us as we face the challenges and the storms. And the key is Jesus. And again, Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11, he says this, For no one can lay any foundations other than what is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. The rock, the foundation, the essential part of our spiritual development as disciples of Jesus is the Lord Jesus himself, not an organization, not a trend, not a church, not a pastor, not a theologian, nothing but Jesus himself. And Paul is writing in the context of uh, warring parties within the church at Corinth where people were following different leaders. And he's saying there is no, 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 no special leader. There's no other foundation. There's nothing else essential about, apart from the Lord Jesus himself. And as we are Christ-centered, as we make God our rock, as we make sure that we're not just hearers of the world, a word that clap after like it was a good performance, our hearts are strengthened. And we become resilient in the face of the storms. I love the way this parable is finished. And further on in, in verse 28, in the same chapter, Jesus is finishing. And as he's finishing, this is the reaction that the people have. Matthew 7, 28 and 29. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. There is something profoundly different about the way Jesus teaches. The teachers of the law taught and disseminated information that people might have said, oh, I didn't know that. But Jesus taught with such authority that people listened to what he had to say. And it's almost as if they had a mirror put in front of them 
and they looked at what was in the mirror and could see everything that wasn't right. And almost next to it, there was another picture of what they could be if Jesus took hold of them. And as Jesus pointed both the flaws and the challenges and the amazing possibilities, the people said, we want to change. And that was a difference between the way the scribes and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were teaching and the way Jesus was teaching. Jesus' teaching was transformational, provided a hunger and a thirst within people to say, I want to change. I want to be different. I want to live this new life that Jesus has for me. A man was going through the countryside and he saw this barn whose roof just caved in. So he stopped and he talked to the farmer and he said, oh, you've, it looks like you've had some trouble. And the farmer, being very wise, he said, yeah, and I've learned some lessons. So he said, what are those lessons? He says, you know, I, I, I could see that the rain was coming through and things were beginning to rot. But I kept thinking to myself, when it was sunny, I thought, there's no need to repair it. It's sunny. It won't cause a problem. When it was raining, I thought to myself, just too much hard work. I'm just not going to do it. And because I ignored it all that time, because I never got around to do it, one day it just collapsed when I could have repaired it. Let's not make the same mistake. Let's not say I'll do it tomorrow or I don't need to do it. Let's take that decision right now, right here, first and foremost, to do it again, to put our trust in Jesus and make sure that he's our rock. He's our strong foundation. And then ask the Holy Spirit to help us to hear his words. And we need to put ourselves into those environments I talked about. And then actually ask the Holy Spirit to enable us to live those words. Let me finish by reading to you a hymn that's absolutely fantastic in the way through its poetry expresses such deep, such deep truths about who God is and how he's our strong foundation. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, my righteousness. I do not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. And the chorus goes, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking stand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, his covenant, his blood supports me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I in him be found. In him, my righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. May that be our story. Amen.